0: All right, if you have your Bible, Matthew 9, we'll pray, and we'll jump right in. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for the day. We thank you that we get to worship you on this, your day. And Lord, we want to hear from you. So Spirit of God, we invite you to teach us and lead us and guide us in all areas of truth. We want to become better disciples, better followers, and we need you to help us and guide us as we move on. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are stepping into a season of growth as a church. If you were here last week, we started a second, uh, a seven-week, I should say, vision series. And we want to take the next seven weeks and slowly look at what does it mean to be a part of not only a local church, this church, if this is home for you, but to look at what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We do this every fall To reorient the year, as I said last week, for us, as a church, we go by the school year. So come every September, um, we start a new direction and we start new initiatives. Before we roll any of that out, we want to get back to the basics to look at what it means to really follow Jesus together. If you were here last week, we talked about Jesus' heart of compassion. As a church, we're committed to help people experience life in Jesus. That's why we're here. That's what we do. And yet, as leaders, as we've been thinking and praying, we believe that God is pushing us as a community into a season of growth. So over seven weeks, I'm looking at one element each week of what it means for us to grow as a church. Don't think numbers. Don't think dollars. Don't think initiatives. Don't think stats. Think depth. God wants you to grow deep. Now we looked at compassion last week because Jesus grew his disciples and Jesus grew his work out of a deep longing. We looked at the word splachnisomine, which we translate compassion, which is a deep longing within. Jesus felt for people deeply. So we asked the question last week: Are you available? Will you make yourself available this year to, to feel people's pain deeply? To see where people are deeply? Because if we're not, if we're not stirred deep within, we're not going to do anything that lasts. Anyone can, can motivate you to serve for a week, but what about a year? Anyone can push you with a guilt trip or a funny story to do something for six months, but what about the next six years of your life? We need Jesus to grow us deeply in the area of compassion. Well, the text that we're looking at over these next three of the seven weeks is the same one because there's so much here. So go to Matthew 9, and we're going to see what happens when a group of people pe- people are filled with compassion. Matthew 9, 35. We read it last week. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease, and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had a deep longing and feeling for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his followers, disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 10-1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, and to heal every disease and sickness. We're talking this morning about what happens as an outgrowth of compassion. That's where we begin. But where does it take us? What happens next? Look at verse 37. We we just saw it. Then he said, moved by compassion, then he said to his what? He said to his disciples, what does it mean to step into a season of growth. It means that Jesus calls his disciples. Jesus calls disciples. Last week we looked at compassion. This week we want to look at calling. If you're a note taker, just don't do segmented notes for the next three weeks. Just keep adding to your notes because they're not totally different things. These are all working in synergy, all working together. Jesus is filled with compassion and he calls people. Now, this is intriguing and it sounds so simple sometimes we forget Jesus is a man. Yes, he's God. We believe that he comes from the Father. He and the Father are one. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The the only things I do, I do from the Father. The only things I say come from the Father. Jesus is uniquely God. But let's not forget, Jesus is a real man, born of the Virgin Mary. He grew up. And so Jesus moved with deep feeling for people, realizes, he can only be in one place at a time. He's a man. He took on flesh. And there's so much hurt in every town that Jesus goes to, there is brokenness. And when Jesus is moved by compassion about brokenness, he says, okay, what am I going to do about it? Moved by the heart of God, he calls people to him. Self. He calls his disciples. Now we talk about what a disciple is all the time here, so this is not new for many, but so many of you are, are in our community for less here. A, a disciple is simply a learner. Uh, a great translation is a disciple is an apprentice. A disciple is someone who comes under the teaching of a master and wants to think like them and act like them and live like them. A disciple is not an independent contractor who does what he wants. A disciple comes under the yoke, under the teaching of someone who is wiser and better and stronger and who will lead them on. So, so Matthew's most common word for the twelve is they are his disciples. So, so think about this so far. Matthew 9, what happened up to now? Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the teaching of Jesus put on the Sermon on the Mount. The disciples, the apprentices, hear Jesus Speak the words of God. And then Matthew 8 and 9 show us Jesus, the healer, the miracle worker. They've seen Jesus talk about the kingdom, they've seen Jesus demonstrate the kingdom. Now, Jesus moved with compassion, calls a group of people, and says, We are going to do this together. Don't you forget this. It sounds so basic. You didn't just show up here and decide to be a God follower. Jesus called you. you. You didn't just grow up in a Christian environment and hear Jesus teaching, so you grow up and like, well, so I'm not a Buddhist, and I'm not a Muslim, and I'm not Jewish, so I guess I might as well be Christian. Don't you forget, Jesus called you by name. We'll look at that next week, the names of the followers. If we want to see A season of growth. We want to step into what God is doing. We need to remember that we're just not a random group of random people. We are a group that has been called by Jesus himself to do something. Why? Because Jesus sees brokenness and he realizes you are the answer. Scary thought. But that is Jesus and his original disciples moved by the heart of the Father to see brokenness healed. He calls a group of people to himself. Now, what does it mean to be his disciples? A couple of things, and I'm going to look at them in detail. And I want to call us as a church into a season of growth in these areas. These aren't the only, but if you want to know, what does it mean to be a disciple? Because we come from different traditions and different backgrounds and different understandings of what it means to be a Christian or a Jesus follower. This is what it means for us. The first thing I want us to see is that we are called to learn. We're called to learn. Look at verse 38. Jesus called his 12 disciples to himself. Remember, Matthew 9 comes after Matthews 5 through 8. Jesus teaches these Man, what it means to follow him. They're called to learn. They had a way of living that Jesus dials in. Jesus adjusts their understanding. Jesus takes the basic framework that they were brought up in, and he elaborates, and he clarifies, and he corrects. Jesus teaches his disciples. But notice, he calls them to himself. It's not just about knowing more, and I hope... I got the best compliment I could ever get. I got last Sunday night. It was a young lady who's newer to the church, and she said, "I just wanted to. I just want to say that they've been coming for about two months. And when I leave here, I feel like I've grown. She's like, I feel like I learned something. I'm kind of understanding the Bible. That I can get no better, better compliment in the world of of what God is doing in this community." If you are not growing in your understanding of Jesus after being here for a year, shame on us or shame on you. Shame on us because we're not providing content or shame on you because right now you're checked out. And you're just nodding and doing the thing and walking out. And you're not thinking, you're not reflecting, you're not diving in, you're not praying. Disciples are learners, but we are learners to a person Jesus called you to himself. You, your calling does not have to do with the institution, does not have to do with a creed, does not have to do with, with sunset of Jesus' church, the organization. It has to do with a person. You see, Jesus called you to relationship to himself, and he wants to be so tight in your world that when you think about your particular day-by-day activity, you're going to factor Jesus into it. You're a stay-at-home mom. Jesus has something to say to you. You're young in your career. Jesus has something to say to you. You're still a student. Jesus has something to say to you. What he's looking for is a group of people who want to learn his way and how to apply that out to the real world. Why? Because we live in circles of brokenness. Our own brokenness and the broken neighborhoods and the broken schools and the broken work environment. But Jesus actually is calling you to bring healing and life into those very places. The way he does it is he infuses his world into you and then through you to other people. Jesus wants you to become his apprentice. Let me just pause. Is that what you think following Jesus even is? If not, what Jesus wants is a course correction When you view what it means to know Jesus, remember, he's saying, I want to be with you, and now I'm going to instruct you in the way of life. So Jesus wants us to grow in him this year. He has so much to say. He has so much to infuse into your everyday life, not just spiritual life. We don't live with a spiritual Sunday life, and then like the work life, and then the family life. There's only life. There's just you. Now, there's obvious expressions of you, I am a dad, and I'm a leader in a church, and I'm a husband, I'm an employer, I know I'm an employee. I'm all of those expressions, sure. But there's just me, and what we're asking you is to step into the next season of life and say, you know what, Jesus, I want you in all of my life, and I want you to grow all of it. So no matter where you've been the last few months, you say, Jose, it's been a rough year. Yeah, I get it. It's been a rough season. I get it. I'm having a tough time. I get it. You are stepping into a season of growth. If you're a part of this community, Jesus is saying, it's time to grow. Now the second thing, not only are we called to learn, we are called to pray. Just look at the text. Verse 37 again. He said to his disciples, his learners, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest, field. This is so intriguing. And Matthew is not wasting space. Jesus is a revolutionary, counterintuitive teacher. He he goes at angles we wouldn't even think of. Now, I am a a doer by nature, so I hear of a problem. What's my first response? Guy, fix it. You got a problem. Halfway through you showing your problem, I have seven solutions on how to make things. Because I just intuitively, I I go to, here's how we're going to fix this. Now, that's okay on some things, but I do recognize I'm totally limited in my fix-it ability. I have no car skills whatsoever, but I do know Tim Middleton, who happens to be here in this room, and and Middleton, uh, uh, Tim and Deborah, who run Middleton Motors, they're experts at the car. So when I have a problem to do with my car, I just, I bring it in because they're the experts, and I'm not going to try and do it all. I'm going to be a humble disciple, a learner, I'm going to give it to the pro and ask them to do it. And on top of that, if you've ever been there, and look, I don't, I'm not like on their staff, so I can say it with clarity. They give M&Ms when they're done. A bag of, it's Middleton Motors M&M, and they're black and white. So black and white M&Ms in a bag. And I live one mile almost exactly from my house to where they're at. So I kind of look forward to bringing my car in because I don't share at all. Within one mile, the whole And I'm not like all blacks and then all whites. I'm not OCD. I'm just like, give me all. Give me all the M&Ms. They don't don't make it home. Anyway, that was useless. I digress. Jesus had nothing to do with nothing. But actually it did. See, I, I don't know how to, so I come to the one who does know how to. Prayer. It is the most frustrating of all of the disciplines of following Jesus. Now, some of you, it's natural. You spend three hours like, where did the time go? It was me and Jesus. And then there's the rest of us where it feels like I'm talking to the ceiling and it's not going anywhere and I don't see any change and I pray for things to go well and things go worse and I can't explain it. And I pray that someone would be be healed and they're not. Then I don't even think about it and find out that they were healed in a different scenario and I realize, wow, what if I had actually asked God Prayer is just frustrating. It's just frustrating. And if you've been frustrated in prayer, you are not alone. But you need to remember that when Jesus calls his followers, what's the first thing he says? He doesn't say, raise money. He doesn't say, get a plan. He doesn't actually say, go and do anything. Jesus calls his disciples to himself, and this is what he says. Ask the Father We live in the Father's world. You see, Jesus had this innate ability to see that we don't see. This isn't just the world, it's the Father's world. And so what he's saying to his his young learners is, if you want to know what your calling is, that is where you're to go and who you're to touch and what you're to do, ask the Father. And he uses a simple metaphor. There's a harvest. Just drive out in 26 towards the coast. From side to side, you'll just see endless fields. And just, just he's like, look around right now. The fields are, people. there are people that are, 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 are ready to know the Father and ready to step into the kingdom life and ready to be transformed. And I'm just looking for more people because Jesus can't go everywhere. He says, I just need more people to go out there and say what I've been saying and do what I've been doing so that people will experience my life in their world. Your calling and my calling is to be a learner, a grower, but then not just facts. Jesus is specific. We are called to learn how to pray. A growing, vibrant Jesus follower is growing in their connection with the Father. So prayer, it's mysterious. I don't get it. But what is it? Because we're not on the same page. Let me just... Some, some, some random ideas that may be helpful. Prayer is relationship. It's, it's not about just a time and a place and a, and a ritual and an activity. Like, I, what do Christians do? Well, they, they read their Bible and they talk to Jesus and they smile. Right? It's not about ticking boxes. It's not about saying, I, I did this stuff. It's not about guilt trips. It's not, it's not about the amount of time. It's about relationships. So in our house, we're thoroughly committed to growing a relationship with our kids. My wife and I, we've reached like that halfway point. Some of you who, are, who, who have already raised their kids or they're out of the house, I see the end coming when our kids won't be around the table. So we use every day. Every day that I'm in town, um, I, I try to avoid dinner meetings when at all possible uh, to be home. And we, we put the phones away. We don't have them at the table. And we, this is so old school, we put the food on the table and we wait. We wait till we're all around the table. and We thank God for this moment and then we eat together and we talk to one another. That sounds so foreign today. But relationship, now the medium is dinner. The goal is not, to create this exact environment around a table. The table is a tool to actually talk to one another. I, I want us to see pr- prayer is a tool wh- to what? To relationship. The reason Jesus said talk to the Father is because he knows that when we get around the table, so to speak, when we when we stop the other stuff and we listen and we talk and we listen and we talk, we do highs and lows. and We, we talk about the good stuff of the day and the bad stuff of the day. And it gives me the fuel because every morning before my kids get up, I pray for them, and when they don't know it and they're not here and they don't podcast. So, so I find out what was going on that day, and I tuck it away, and the next morning I am praying for their lows. You know what happened? I'm praying through that. I'm thanking God for the highs of the previous day for my kids. Prayer is, is relationship. It's a chance. So what we want to do is as a church, Grow, not in the ritual, but frankly, if we never created an environment for dinner, in our frantic world, we would never talk to one another. We would text each other from different floors in our house, which happens too. Dad, could I get a drink? Yeah, get it yourself. (laughs) You know? Relationship. And and because we live in a social media age, you know the difference between a text, which is, this is okay, and an actual conversation. You know the difference between talking on the phone and talking like eye to eye, right? What Jesus is inviting us is to more than peripheral conversations, more than texts on the way to the office, but an actual ongoing, vibrant conversation. Now, why is this important? Because prayer is relationship. Prayer is also asking. The essence of prayer. If you want to summarize all of Jesus' teaching, all of Jesus' teaching on prayer, you can summarize it in one word. Ask. Jesus is radical to his followers. He's like, ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door's going to be open. The Father is way more generous than we give him credit for. We think of the Father, as stingy as rule keeping, and Jesus and the Father are one. And He's like, ask and ask and ask, because the Father wants to bring life to you and to people around you. And He's way more generous than we give Him credit for. So He says to the disciples, ask the Lord, who oversees all of the stuff, all the harvest, to send out people into the world, into brokenness. So so can I fix everything? No, but I can ask. Can I change everyone? No, but I can ask. Can, can I see these big dreams of mine come to pass? Maybe some of them, maybe not. But I can ask, Jesus, the things that are near to your heart, I want to see them. Like, I'm with you. And some of us are not seeing Jesus' stuff because we're not asking we're just not asking. So this year we want to grow as a church in asking. Now, prayer, yes, it's it's relationship and it's asking, but prayer is also dependence. Relationship to God is about dependence, and this strikes at the heart of our culture, and following Jesus is countercultural. We live in a world that says independence is the supreme goal. You wanna live financially independent, so get a school and work hard and train and grow so that you can live independent. And that is not how Jesus created you and me. And the frustrating thing about moving towards independence and growing is some of the wealthiest, most successful people can be, don't have to be, can be some of the loneliest people Because we were actually created for interdependence. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. I'm going to go away, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm not going to leave you without comfort. I'm going to send the counsel, even my spirit, the Holy Spirit who is filling Jesus, doing the work of the Father. He says, now when I go away, I'm going to send you the Spirit. He's going to be in you and teach you and grow you. Interdependence is what you and I were created for. So prayer is the tool that leads me. A convicting quote. If you're not praying, then you're quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all that you need in life. Ouch. Now, I'm gonna remind you, all of what I just said about prayer, we covered this in a teaching series called Teach Us to Pray that was one year ago in September. Five teachings on prayer. You can go back and listen, go to the website, you can grab the podcast. But that quote has nailed me. If I'm not praying, I'm actually confident. I'm just confident in the wrong thing. You could gauge yourself in this. Again, this is not about guilt trips. It's about dependence. So what we want to do is we want to grow. Now, how do we grow? We grow by recognizing we're already overloaded. Work pressure and family pressure and school pressure, the frantic pace of life, we're all out of balance, all of us. But if we're going at the speed that we are, we're going to miss the target. It's easy to forget God. It's easy to forget God because I already got so much going on. So we want to grow as learners this year. Disciples are learners. We want to grow as prayers. We want to grow in relationship to God. We, we want to grow deeper. The third thing that you see here in the text, as Jesus is filled with compassion, and then he's calling people to himself, the third thing that we see is that we want to grow because we are called to serve. We're called to serve. Look at Matthew 10, 1 again. Jesus called his 12 disciples to them and gave them authority to draw, drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and Sickness. Jesus calls 12 disciples and he gives them the authority to do the very things that he's been doing. And this is one of the most amazing aspects of our faith is that in calling people to experience life in Jesus, the way that that happens isn't directly. Jesus, if he wanted to, could directly get a hold of everyone. Right now, if you have a piece of technology, let's not kid ourselves. Anyone who needs to find you can find you right now. It's called an IP address. And every single device that you have has a unique IP address. And if I wanted to, all I have to do is find your IP address. And someone comes in, handcuffs, goodbye, you're out of here. There is no hiding Did you not watch the movie Snowden? Anyway, I haven't. But there is no hiding. If you have any technology, someone with authority can find you. Now that's like a scare tactic. But I'm just here to remind you, here's the beautiful thing. God chooses to work through his people, not around his people, So Jesus knows where all of his learners are going. All of his apprentices. He knows where the whole network is. And here's the good news. What he wants to do is download his love through you to other people. He wants to show healing and grace and mercy and care through you. I don't know why. I just know Jesus is wise. I wouldn't do it this way. I don't trust me. But God... In his mercy, has chosen to use disciples. So we are not only called to learn and to spend time with God, but without that third element, it just becomes about, about me and Jesus. It just becomes about my growth. It becomes about my needs. Why do I go to this church? Because I'm lifted up. Why do I leave that place? Because I am not growing. And that's off-kilter to the heart of God. The only reason Jesus calls disciples is because he wants to use them. They're not used in the abused sense of the term. He actually loves you. But in his love, he wants to work through you. So we are called to serve people. Whereas as apprentices. We learn, we talk with God, and we serve. So what we want to do as his followers this year is push each other. By the way, everything we're going to talk about on Sunday over the next year has to do with all of these things. Once this series is over, uh, we're going to do a long series in the book of Romans, which is probably the clearest explanation of what the message of Jesus is and how to live it out all in one book. And so we're going to take that as our framework and we're going to become better apprentices to Jesus. So it's not just going to be about knowing more. It's not just going to be about more time with Jesus. It's going to be about more time being used by Jesus. The reason Paul writes the letter to the church at Rome is he's about to come to them and he's going to ask them, he says it in the letter, I'm coming and I'm asking you to send me to Spain. In other words, the church in Rome is not about the church in Rome. The church in Rome is about reaching the entire world. So Paul says, I'm about to come to you. Here's what followers of Jesus believe. Here's how to live live it out. I'm gonna come. I want to be a blessing to you. I want you to be a blessing to me, and I want you to partner with me because the whole world needs to experience life in Jesus. So let's grow together so that we can go together. We want to move in this direction. My prayer for you, our prayer for you, is that in the next 12 months, God will push you into a season of growth in how you serve people in this church and outside of this church, people in the faith and outside of the faith, that God will stretch us all in the area of service. So learning and praying and serving together. That's what it means to become a disciple. Last week, we want to learn about compassion. This week, we want to learn about calling. So, Every week, I said every week we're going to, and the reason we're going slow is I want to say how we're going to do this as a community and then I want to call you to step in. So how do we grow in the area of prayer together? Remember, prayer is not activity. It's it's relationship. How do we do this together? A couple of things and maybe jot them down if you're a part of this church. Pre-gathering prayer. How do we do this? If we're never praying together, it's hard to grow together. (laughs) Like common sense. And so we're inviting you, especially if you come at 9. At 8.30, we meet right here in the front, and we listen, and we pray, and we get God's direction for this gathering. I know where this gathering is going. Why? I was here at 8.30. And I began to listen as people shared. As we are praying, God gave me this thought. As we were praying, God gave me this verse. I already know where we're going why because we're asking the father and the father in real time is giving us information what would it look like if this entire room was here at 8:30 not as a guilt trip not as a got to as a get to we get to sp- and we get to reorient my mind to 8:45 and then between 8:45 and 9 you get to meet people and say hello and have a conversation and then we sing You're invited to pre-gathering prayer. If you come at night, we do it at 5.30 as well. Second thing is through prayer teams. We don't want to be a church that's just, okay, one-way communication. Come, listen to a teaching, goodbye. We don't know you. We don't interact. We We don't connect. No. So we already have a small prayer team, and that is our elders and our deacons, our community leaders. They already know de facto that in a gathering, they're available for you. Why? We all have stuff going on now. The worst thing that could happen, you walk in here with a now challenge and you walk out here untouched with that now challenge. Nobody nobody listened. Nobody took time. Nobody heard. Nobody prayed. Nobody, nobody did anything. I remember there's a couple. They're from Germany. They were here at the flight school and they were here in the gathering and it happened in a moment. We need We need to give this couple money. I had no idea they had a financial need. In a moment, like it happened in a flash, just in the gathering, in prayer, this couple has a financial need. We need to meet it. And we just invited people, just random. "Uh, Someone find buckets if you have been given resources by God and you feel compelled. On the way out, you could just give something. We had no idea of their immediate need. Do you know that just above their need was met by you? Maybe you weren't in that gathering, but I'm talking about that kind of stuff. We want to be a community that grows. So the prayer teams, the goal is that not just our elders and deacons, community leaders, but we're inviting you to be available to pray with people. We have some prayer training that's going to come up in a a few months. I'll get into the details later, but I'm just casting the seed. We want you, no matter where you are and you're following Jesus, if you feel compelled, we want to equip you to listen well, to listen to people, to listen to the Father, and to pray about people's situations. So if that stirs you, that's where we're going. Third thing, together. We want to do this not just as a church. We believe that we're a church, not the church. So we're going to do more and more gatherings with other churches in our community. Here's why. They're great. We love them. We're just all meeting at the same time, which is a challenge. And so we're going to periodically throughout the day call you to additional gatherings where we worship and we pray And the next one's coming up, October 23rd. We timed it. Our vision series ends the morning of the 23rd, and we're going to cap it off with a Sunday evening worship and prayer night with churches from all across the city of Hillsboro. because we believe that we're part of the kingdom of God. We don't represent the kingdom of God by ourselves. This is not just about us. We're a church, not the church. And finally, number four, we want to do this mostly through community life. That is, we're only here for two hours on a weekend. Or on a Sunday where we call you to come twice, three and a half to four hours on a weekend. What about the rest of your week? So a lot of this growth, learning, and praying, and serving is going to happen as we get together in our communities that meet all over the city. And so you say, Jose, I tried. I was a part of this community, and it fizzled out. Yep, all groups will fizzle out. That's just, that's like, that's how life works. Well, I was hurt. Yep. Where there are two people gathered in Jesus' name, one's going to hurt the other. It's not in the Bible. It's just true. It's it's just true. Yep. It was hard. And we couldn't find the time because of soccer and and lacrosse and everything else and all. Yep. It's hard work. It's costly. It costs to have people over your house and feed them. But are we going to live as disciples of Jesus? Are we going to live isolated, outside of community life? You're going to have to decide. So what we want to do is, it, these, this is how we're doing it together as a church, but now we end with, how are you going to step into God's story to live as a learner, a prayer, and a server? How are you going to grow as a disciple to Jesus this year? What we want to do is invite Jesus into our space to lead us. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, you don't have the answers. The first thing I need you to do is ask the Father. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask him to send. Ask him to do. And then once he tells them, ask, what does he do? He says, oh, by the way, in this particular case, God the Father is making you the answer to the prayer. And He says to the 12, now, that you've talked to the Father and He's affirmed you're usable, even though all 12 of them were basic schmoes in our language. No one was a somebody. Not one of the 12 apostles in the eyes of first century life had the most achievement award. All of them were regular, regular, and that's what God loves. Let's take people who have very little to offer in the in the world's eyes and says, I I'm gonna authorize them. And because they're open and obedient, they're gonna bring healing in my name to people who are broken. And that's exactly what the 12 do. So we don't wanna talk about it, we're gonna do it. Now, so here's the plan for the rest of our gathering. Uh, We usually sing, we're gonna do some of that. In a moment, we're gonna invite you to go to the table during a song, grab the bread and the cup and go back to your seat. Then I'm gonna give you instructions on how we're gonna live this out right here, before you go, okay? Fun, exciting, nebulous. <laughs> if you feel called to run to the door and leave to your car, rebuke that idea in Jesus' name, rebuke it. Lord, we love you, I thank you that because your calling on us is real, your words to us are gonna come quickly and freely because you're a father who loves his kids, who loves his kids. Holy Spirit of God, we invite you now to begin to pinpoint the areas where you want to step in and accelerate growth. Pinpoint it, Lord, we pray, as we go to the bread and we go to the cup and we remember you. Amen.